Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Quee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Today in the podcast, we are continuing our conversation with Janice Amon. If this is your first time watching or listening to this podcast, welcome. You can listen to the Not Elsewhere Classified on major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and even Facebook. I didn't even know um, Facebook has a podcasting platform. So if you're following the Not Also Classified podcast on Facebook, please check that out. In this part of the conversation, we continue our conversation about, uh, I guess, dealing with conflict, especially with Janice being uh, a consultant in the past. She had to deal with a lot of conflict, how to deal with conflict, how to be diplomatic in in trying to search for resolutions. And then we move into what she has done from a uh, medical coding, I'm sorry, medical records, I guess, um, starting position to CDI, to a consulting trainer, to an actual consultant, and now working uh, in corporate compliance for a major healthcare system in California. Uh, she talks about the different perspectives from being a CDI and then working up as a uh, director or manager. What is the perspective that you have to consider in that role? And then we talk about um, leaving crumbs, which is the title of the uh, of this podcast episode. Uh, leaving the breadcrumbs in trying to support a diagnosis. You know, it's not just about having a diagnosis written, you have to have the crumbs to support it. So without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Janice Amon. Enjoy. Have you, have you, um, I have a thought before another thought, but have you seen, have you ever 
you don't have Facebook, right? You don't. I have, do. You do. Okay. Well, have you ever seen? Well, I don't know. Have you ever been in medical coding Facebook groups? No, I haven't. No. Okay, but no. you've been in, you've been though in Facebook groups. You've been in Facebook where there are arguments yes. and okay. I'm so. in the Filipino cooking group. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love the food there. <laughs> the, but there are times where people would post something and then the, there's so many disagreements, so many disagreements. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. It's the same thing with um, with the Facebook medical uh, coding groups. Like if they say, well, I think this, and they say, no, you're wrong. You know, you could only do so much on yeah. the keyboard, right? But versus face-to-face right. is totally different. So that's right. that's one thing. The one thing that, I, that you were talking about, like I, I guess, you know, um, my wife labels me as a diplomatic, like the, the diplomat of the family, because she doesn't want to, she's, you know, she doesn't really want to deal with anybody. So she sends me, <laughs> okay, go, go deal with that neighbor. Uh, go deal with that person because you're, right. you're more diplomatic than I am. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so uh, I think when you are, well, you know, when we're talking about consulting, we're talking about dealing with people. There has to be some form of diplomacy, but the one, the, 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 the example that you were giving about the poisoning and stuff like that, I think where, where we all have to begin when there's a, when there is a, what's the word, a disagreement, right? Or yes. there's a kind of conflict of understanding a concept. We have to start okay. from the very beginning. Like, let's start at the, at the starting line and then let's take the next step. Where are you at? And here's where I'm at. We're still the same. Right. Okay. Let's go next. You know, Correct. okay, let's go next. Okay. You're here, but I'm all the way over here. Oh, right. let's, let's discuss, you know, right. Cause if we're, if we're, let's, we're... Dis- let's discuss and right. let's hear your thoughts because sometimes there's stuff that you may not know as well. And then something mm. else that they, you know, learn along the way yeah. and that you don't know of, and then you could, you know, tackle it that way. Yeah. More diplomatic. As, as you said, it's not about who's right. It's about just getting to the right and correct answer. Yeah. Do you right? have the, enough information to make a decision? Maybe you like, right. okay, let me give you this additional information and let's see what your decision is after, after I give right. you this information. Correct. If you agree, or, if you agree or disagree, if you agree, let's move to the next step. If you disagree, right. let's, let's discuss further. Correct. Yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. it's, it's such a, <laughs> so much work to do. <laughs> when we it's think a of, lot. When you think about it that way. It's a lot of work because sometimes it's like when you give an answer, it doesn't stop there, right? Yes. They, they still gotta, Go to the next question. What you call the feedback stage and say, no, we don't think so. We don't agree with what you're, you know, what you're saying. So you mm-hmm. just got to keep at it and say, okay, well, think about this. Look at this, you know, look at this reference and, and let me know what you think. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, like the, the, the reference that you have given me, I acknowledge it, you know, but, um, this has, let's say, a coding clinic discharge effective date. At this date, please look at my coding clinic that is the Trump stat, which is a later date, is a more current mm-hmm. guidance that maybe you're not aware of that I do know. I mean, there's lots of coding guidelines, I mean, coding clinic out there that people, you know, they, they do their daily job and they really can't keep up, you know, and it's, and it's yeah. my job to, to research for these things that, you know, they may not be aware of. That's right. right? That's right. So that <laughs> it's just a lot of work, right? When you think about that, and, and I think that's what you do on a daily. That's what you did on a daily basis with that with that uh, that role there. 
trying to make sure, especially with physicians too. Like, and you know, when you look at from the clinical perspective, you know, bringing in clinical guidelines, making sure they're aware of some of the things, and maybe there are some nuances in the medical coding that they're not aware about that they can relate to their documentation. Uh, that also can relate as well. So I mean, it's it's easier when you kind of put yourself in their shoes. And I always tell right. them when I was a medical intern, medical record always used to hunt me down and say, Janice, I'm on, you need to complete your discharge summary for all these yeah. patients. Oh, you I don't know? miss I that at all. <laughs> I, I didn't think that that was very important, mm. you know, back in the days, but um, you know, ever since like, I think when my mom was hospitalized, um, in, I think that was like after that, it was like around 2014 and she was in the ICU for like mm, a month. Mm-hmm. I think you talked about that she when got, you were like, with H1N1. us. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yes. Yes. So with that, you know, like I see that it's like, it, that's what, you know, very, very important, you know, when, when they don't document it, somebody misses it. You know, and if it's your loved one that's there and they missed it and that's their life, that's really crucial, you know, yeah, that's right. for the patient care. Mm-hmm. So I get it. So what do you do now? I know you have this new role uh, or you you've moved into a new company. You were in one role and now you are a corporate compliance audit and clinical manager. So what is that all about? What is this new role that you're doing? So I actually started for this company. It's uh, one of the largest health systems here in San Diego Hmm. as a clinical um, documentation improvement um, specialist. So this is a hospital, Um, right? Not you've moved away from consulting at this point. So I moved away from consulting and this is now a, um, a healthcare uh-huh. system. Well, it's the health system because I am at the corporate office. Okay. We have lots of, um, you know, a hospital and specialty hospitals. Mm, okay. So I am in charge, you know, um, for for the oversight, uh, helping, you know, my director for the oversight of the audit, you know, of a lot of our hospital when it comes to reimbursement, documentation, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So from that role, it's a completely different role. Um, you know, from consulting, not like completely, it, of course, you know, there's, there's some similarities, but, you know, of course, I'm local now, and I don't travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started with that, and I got promoted with, uh, and then I got promoted to the managerial position, you know, after three years. Wow, nice. Yeah, so I'm very lucky to have this position um, where I work at right now. And um, with this one, I now have have to deal with the same people all the time. So that is an adjustment, you know, because before if you have, let's say, not a good experience with another client, then after that, like you're done, you know, you leave, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're done with them. So it's like, okay, good. You know, but um, where I work, if, if there's somebody that's, you know, doesn't really like, let's say, jive with you for that, but you have to deal with them all the time yep. and then you have to learn and you have to adjust and then work with them. And how do you work with them all the time? Those are the type of adjustments that I mean. It's you know, more long term. You have you have to develop more of a long term relationship. Have, correct. You have to have relationship, and that's what it is. You know, working um, locally with that same company is build relationship with your coworkers. You know, and, and build that reputation or that kind of 
like, okay, this is her, this is her work ethics, and this is how she do things and how she deals with people. So that that those are the things that you have to build with um, with people that you work with longer, not just the client for a week, you know, and things yeah. like that. And you hope for the best. Like I hope they're okay. <laughs> I'll just connect with them on LinkedIn to see if they're all right. You know, uh, that was a yeah. totally different thing. But um, let me ask this question because you 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 uh, you approached me and you wanted to talk about, I guess, CDI a little bit more elevated, right? From an administrative and compliance standpoint. So the I you know you've seen me from the CDI specialist, right? And you've seen yourself in the in the, oh, you yourself were a CDI specialist. You started the medical records, got into CDI and then moved into consulting. And then you're slowly like, you know, moving your way up this ladder, uh, dealing with CDI and medical coding. And you're kind of seeing like, okay, you know, you saw it, you know, level. Now you're like looking down, right? Correct. And so how would you describe that change or, what is it that I guess is needed more the way I understand as you're moving up, right? If you're starting from CDI and you're moving your way up, things kind of expand a little bit more when you're a CDI, you're like, okay, I'm looking at a chart, next chart, next one, <laughs> you're doing like this. Right. And, and that's Correct. it. No, you're only yes, worried absolutely. with what's in front of you. Right. And as you move up, now you're worried of what's in front of you, but you have a 360 you have to be worried about everything revolving around it, not just what's, you know, the medical record, but now you have to deal with, with everything else associated with, with physicians, with policies. Now you're talking about compliance and now dealing it with, you know, I guess being again, diplomatic or being an advocate for CDI and medical coding to other areas and administration and making your stake in importance of that role within the company. So what is it that, you're doing that kind of, or what is your perspective from the elevation from a CDI specialist role to now more of a corporate role in, in where you're at right now? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, when you're on the CDI role or in your quarter role, it's a real bit challenging when you know you're correct. And then you kind of know you're correct when it comes to the coding or like, you know, documentation or whatever you're doing, mm. and then you bring it up to your leadership, and they don't—they don't agree with you. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so the difference is that now that I'm the oversight of, like, you know, you—you're the one that's being consulted. Uh-huh. Then you, it's easier to kind of say, no, this is the correct way to do it. So it, it became easier, right? Be- because it's like, are when you saying? Are you saying as you move up, your your opinions? matter a little bit more as you as you move a bit to the role um i mean you i mean different companies you know what i'm saying is that they treat you differently right, right. there's people mm-hmm. that always say to you like well you don't have that many years of experience mm-hmm. for you to tell me that you code this way right, right? Mm-hmm. so when you when you're at this level of you know in the department you a are tenure. the one who consulted mm-hmm. for what's the you know correct way and and the thing that um i think i'm very lucky because now i deal with a lot of other experts in the field you know we have direct kind of like relationship mm-hmm. with the experts who we could ask directly right just in case you know okay i'm not for sure this is my answer but let me make sure and do my due diligence like what do you think right 
is if we're type of questions that are like really gray or none, nobody knows, you know, like the, the question, it's not answered in the coding clinic, right? Like, or, or they ask in the coding clinic, but they haven't gotten any answer yet. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that, you got to have to ask the consensus. We don't only ask one expert, we ask multiple experts and kind of see like, okay, this, this, okay, this makes more sense, right? This, this is the correct answer for this type of coding or, or, or this type of, of um, answer to, to the clinical questions that we do have. So that's one particular thing, um, you know, because if you were at the coder or the CDI level, sometimes it's like you get challenged a lot of what you think is correct, you mm. know, and, and sometimes you don't have a voice. There comes to a time when, you know, like the leadership, of course, they're the one that's going to be okay, disregard your answer. So you, you do have more of a voice when, when at that level, you know, Got that's the difference. Yeah. They'll listen to you, but <laughs> I don't know if they listen. I guess it, how, how can I, how can I best explain it? I guess when you, I think I mentioned the word tenure, right? It's like you're, you're a professor in a, in a, in a university, as you move up in tenure, you know, you're, I, I guess there's more of a regard for what you have Correct. done, yes. right? And I, I guess you, you've, um, you know, versus somebody new versus someone experienced, the, the experienced person has paid their dues, you know? They've, they've gone through and dealt with the experience. They know the ins and outs. And as you mentioned, there are stuff that a new professional, new code or new CDI, new whatever, may not understand. That's why I asked the question in the beginning, like, okay, well, you're a cons- you were a consultant. Somebody who might be considering a consultant uh, may see it a certain way, but could you tell, you know, what are some of the things that they may not know? And so, like, I've always felt like that, you know, like when I, when I was as a CDI, like, you know, I would look at management. I'm like, you know, they kind of like treat me like I don't know much. That might not even be true. Right. Maybe you do know more than, you know, what, what they do know. They don't because you do the job, you, you know, you know, all these other things. But sometimes it's hard to be heard. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think also ultimately it's like, OK, you're not the one responsible for the department, right? So even though you may know, it's it's my say. And so as you mm-hmm. say, and I remember you saying it, do your due diligence when you were training us. We got to do our due diligence, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so I think as a manager, they have to, I don't want to say make the right choice, but make a careful choice. You make know? a careful choice, a decision. Yeah. Yeah, 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 a careful decision rather than going off based upon one energetic new professional <laughs> new professionals knowledge you know uh yeah. it's like okay i i will i will accept that but let's also what they don't see is as i mentioned as you moved up in the role they don't see the bigger picture you know they only yes. see it from this okay let's yeah let's apply to the bigger picture and does it work and so let's make a decision from there you know so those are some of the things that you probably probably do on a daily basis right so <laughs> is there anything else yeah, you no, that, 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 that really helps too because you know when you speak to the doctors you speak to the doctors and say this is how the coder thinks this is how the coder will code it mm-hmm. they are not going to when you write down like you know fever and like you know you're giving antibiotics and then patient has a cough and then mm-hmm. has a chest x-ray you know of opacities they're not going to code it right away that that's pneumonia you're, you're going to have, you know, that's how the way you talk to physicians, because as clinicians, man, this plus this plus this, you already know in your brain, it's like, 
how could you not say that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. But, but that's the thing that you got to explain to them. You can't assume when it comes to coding. Yeah. But when you, you deal with like the coders, you, you kind of tell them like, okay, you got to, you know, you got to think that physicians think this way, right? They, they, that they already like wrote down what they think they have already written down. And then to them, this equal, these equals this, you know? So you, you have to explain how they think, you know, and, and it's easier to kind of uh, hear you when you mm, explain mm. that way when it comes to, you know, teaching them. Yeah, no, I agree. Because what I do now is um, I used to do the auditing for the payer side. So I do the denials. <laughs> you hate me now, right? <laughs> you're, 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 I have some friends that, that works for that company. And you, that is a harder you know, thing to do because it's kind of like, all right, well, do you do like the clinical validation for that and say this is not clinically valid? You know? And we do, I do both. I do the clinically valids I and, do the the, coding. and the coding, codings. Yep. Coding and clinical validation, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to say like, this is not a true diagnosis. So therefore we're not going to pay it, right? Yeah. Or so not supported diagnosis not based supported upon diagnosis. The, uh, the policies or the guidelines. Based upon that the fourth definition of AMI and based upon, you know, <laughs> Framingham yeah. criteria. Yeah. <laughs> those kind of things. And so, like, I guess for me, it's like, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, so what you're talking about with, um, with training physicians, you know, you're, you're telling them, okay, they've put all the crumbs all over the medical record, but the we place, don't know exactly right. what they're talking about. Right. And so they Correct. have to package that very well. And so I've seen from, from my perspective, I've seen some good documentation like to the point where i'll just read the discharge summary and i'm like okay it's good because they'll yeah. package that they'll package their summary in such a way that they'll say okay this diagnosis the patient had this they put all the crumbs under the diagnosis that is supposed to be and so when i look at it i'm like oh i don't you're good i'm gonna I'm, this is validated right versus right. okay they they list the diagnosis and then you know, the, all the crumbs are not there, you know, that's, that's how I see it. And right. and so from a, even from a coding perspective, perspective, it's like a lot of, you know, did it meet the principal diagnosis? Does it meet a secondary diagnosis? Uh, UHDDS type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Those are things that I see. Uh, like for coders though, it's like, I think you mentioned like, you know, you're trying to I think I see the way I see it, a lot of coders will just, they see the, the diagnosis and they'll just go like, you know, going back to what we're talking about, they just click the button and they just accept it. You know, they just accept that diagnosis because it's documented, but they never look at the crumbs, you know, or they don't understand what the crumbs uh, mean. Let me just tell you though, that not ours, you know, like in, we have a very solid clinical validation right. process that I, you know, I've helped built mm-hmm. you know with that we have our definitions you know for our company mm-hmm. and with that definition there's bulletins that we you know produce and tell them these are the crumbs right oh, okay good good. Indicators. good this when you see these things then you know this diagnosis is about if you don't see these things you need to do a clinical validation good so that's what happens and you could bulletproof your record with that you know because you kind of say like okay I like that. You have like, let's say one, one 
the little crumb of sepsis, right? Uh-huh. And so say you have tachycardia there. Patient has tachycardia. What happened to the rest of the crumbs to make a bread, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of ask the physicians like whether, okay, is this really a true diagnosis? If it, if it is, then we need further crumbs. Yeah, <laughs> the clinical right, right. Give me some more, you know, drop me some more Give crumbs some more. so right. I can find my way out, you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, the type of thing. Or else, you know, it's going to be really hard. You know, like you want to not get like denials. You don't want to risk of getting denials in order for you to do that. You have to be proactive. You have mm-hmm. to be proactive and getting this in the record right, right away, you know, prior to billing these cases. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Do you have a hard time landing your first medical coding position or keep hitting the wall of every position that requires at least three years of hands-on coding experience? If you are credentialed but still have a hard time getting hired, the Renowned Talent one-on-one coaching program is perfect for you. You will work closely with Bertram Lansico on your resume, social media presence, interview training, and access to companies who hire entry-level talent. Bonuses include resume templates, relevant resume keywords, and encoder access. Please visit RenownTalent.com and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. Again, please visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. Hey everybody, if you are enjoying the podcast so far, please consider liking this video and also subscribing to the Not Also Classified Podcast YouTube channel so you can be notified for future videos. Also, please check out the Medical Coding Geek YouTube channel where I also post videos on the Medical Coding, CDI, and HIM community. Also, check out medicalcodinggeek.com where we offer a lot of uh, services, including our Facebook groups. You can go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. Check out our Facebook groups, including Medical Coding Geeks, the RHIT and RHIA exam support group, the CDI network. We have a marketplace where you can sell and buy your books. We also have the CEU hit list. If you're interested in free CEUs, I release a monthly list of free CEUs that I find on the internet. Also, you could follow us on social media, not also classified. Everything is at NEC podcast 
for Medical Coding Geek. It's at M-E-D Coding Geek. You could find us on Facebook, Instagram, and we are also on TikTok. If you are listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts. All the ratings and the reviews help our show get noticed. Also, I wanted to take a moment to promote our partners. You could check them out at medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. They include the Haugen Consulting Group, RadRx, Project Resume, Renowned Talent, and so much more. And of course, you could find me, Brian Kui. My last name is spelled C-U-I on LinkedIn. So without further ado, let's return back to the show. It's, it's like you say, I know you put your hand up because in defense, you're like, yeah, you know, our, our system is good. And so I'm sure a lot of systems say they're good, right? And, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, right. There is. But there are some one like I, I review records nationwide and there right, are, right. Some, you know, it's like, it's like, I think the, the bad outweighs the good. You know, like there are really some. So <laughs> I think so. Like I think they're, like the there are like, more. Okay, have there come are more the long bad, way. There are more bad facilities than good facilities, and so the I see it like okay, maybe there's more. The way I look at it is like there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah, so there's that's... still a lot of work for our CDIs and recruiters out there. Because I was thinking, I mean, it's been quite a while, 2014, since I was a consultant, and um, you know with with that i see i see what you're seeing like lots of like oh lord you know like this documentation <laughs> is like yep like lots lots of recommendations well, let me let me tell you from an overall standpoint it's better from what it was before okay like, okay like, like the problems of 2014 are not the problems of 2021 well chf is still a problem right <laughs> well you know you know it's it's I think it's more of the clinical validation side now, yes, rather it's, than it's, documenting. They're no the longer data. asking like, oh, is it systolic? Is it the diastolic? We're beyond that, that question. They got that. What, yeah. what, what matters now is like, okay, you did document it, but the, where's the edema? Where's the Framingham criteria in here? Yeah, you're yeah. seeing this patient is stable. The chest x-ray, mm-hmm. you know, is normal. You're not even giving any medications to this patient. So where... Where can I? Is make it truly this? acute or is it a chronic? Yeah, is it truly you know? acute? Is it what is it? You know, like or you're just really writing that down. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I remember, I remember back way back when the, the worry though was the 30 day admit readmissions. You remember those where yes, if a yes, patient yes. at CHF they they get discharged, they come right. back in 30 days. Yes. The the hospital will get a hit on a quality side because correct it was more on a hit on how they treated the patient. But there was never any, I guess, regard or the, the the consideration of the variability of the compliance of the patient. You know, they would, you know, say, okay, well, patient, you're not supposed to eat like a salty dinner and they go get discharged and they go eat popcorn, you know, or whatever. It, it, and then they come I, back I up full a of bit, edema. It's a bit like, you know, unfair, I think, that like 30-day readmission because you could get readmitted for like anything mm-hmm. and you're still that 30-day readmission, yeah. you know, with the CHF and all these other mortalities. So, yeah. So those are, and those that are doesn't take into that pay. account that the patient did something in between or the patient has been non-compliant with their medication and things like that, you yep, know? And the hospital still gets hit. So that's why like they, I remember they would, um, the quality would come up to me, 
are you sure this is CHF? Is that the principal? Doc? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, that's how the cookie crumbles. And that's the name of your title. That's the way that's what we're going to call that, it. That, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. And, you know, the question is like, is this really an MI? Are we really getting, you know, like this patient is truly an MI? I'm like, I'm sorry, this patient is an MI, you know? I'm like, like this, yeah, you, you called cardio. The patient has all of these indicators. You were thinking about having a cardiac cath. I mean, what do you think would not be? <laughs> patient has 80% stenotic, LAD, and, you know. You put in a stent, for goodness sake. You're not going to call it. Patient three stents, I think. Yeah. You think I it think is. so, you know. <laughs> Like, uh, like, I don't know if I could make this. As, I don't know if I could make this just a CAD and, and make the MI disappear. <laughs> We're not in the business. I don't have that power of doing that. You know, I don't. The, the patient had total occlusion. So I and patient had like the tropronin elevation. Can we just call it? Can we just principal diagnosis? Can we see? call it unstable angina? Demand ischemia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a big one that, uh, you know, like they think it's like type type two once they um, call it it's that. It's still a big one. Yeah, right? like I see a lot of documentation. Type two due to demand ischemia. But is it really an MI or is it just demand ischemia? Like they, I think they, they're still, to me, there's a lot of work in that. Like, you know, there's, there's a, a lot that, of work. There has there. to be a differentiation between, because the, they just link it right away and they just assume it's an MI because you just, have an elevation of, of troponins because of an offload of your... Well, you know. we we actually have a cardiologist that, like, say, you know, demand ischemia should not even, you know, be a diagnosis. It yeah, should, I, I agree. Yeah. You just... The fourth definition of AMI just came out, you yep. know, and mm-hmm. I, I think physicians are still, um, you know, needing that education. Uh, I think it's confusing i guess you know when you're when you have a habit of calling something something it really is doesn't go away that fast you know what i mean so like it's hard to to have that behavior change so you you just got to keep educating so i agree i agree let's go ahead and wrap up this podcast episode janice thank you for being on the podcast uh, it's always uh, a pleasure to catch up with you. Gosh, after seven years, Jesus, it's such a long time. Know, but, but it's I always know. good to hear, uh, you know, you and your son, uh, how they're doing. So let's go with, I think, was it three questions, right? Let's, let's start off with the, with the first okay. one is, what does the future hold for you? What does the future hold for me? Well, you know what? Uh, one of my goal is to, you know, um, be really called a renowned expert in the field. So I'm starting to reach out, you know, to the other experts. And um, I do have an upcoming, you know, webinar with one of our experts. I don't know if I could mention. Yeah, go ahead. uh, Dr. Uh, Hirsch. I don't know if you you know Dr. Hirsch. Mm -mm. Dr. Ronald Hirsch is an expert when it comes to medical necessity. Okay. Because I deal with that one now too. So more on the oh, case management nice, side, nice. like the medical necessity in the record, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, um, you know, the national coverage determination and the requirements. I don't know if you deal with uh, coverage requirements since you're on the payer side, they usually use this Medicare's NCD and things like that to deny cases. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so those, that 
type of topics. Um, I've learned so much, you know, when it comes to um, the national coverage determinations. And the amount of, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, some people to some people, they think it's very complicated because it's rules plus mm-hmm. clinical things, right. Plus documentation. And it's like, what is it that you want? Yeah. You know, what is it that you want to be documented? So I, I, I think I do have a knack on kind of explaining things as simple as I can be, yep. you know, um, so with that, I, I want to further, you know, be a be speaker to a lot of, um, you know, conferences. Good for so you. I'm going to try to to go there and hopefully, you know, um, a lot of my clients will see me again. And instead of uh, one of those, you know, my goal probably later, if I could be a, a speaker um, at AHIMA or ACDIS. Have you, you know, done those conferences yet? I haven't uh, been a speaker for AHIMA or ACDIS. I have been a speaker for CHIA. Okay. Uh, okay. Health Information okay. Association. Yes, I've been one of the speakers there. Been, I think they're um, already accepting um, topics for Actus. Are they? Yes, for they are. next year. For 2022. Okay, maybe so you better, you'll jump on that. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it late. I think it's late. Okay. Is let me it? try. No, let I me try I, to I see I, that. I'll I'll, I'll check in and then I'll send you um, a message. But I I thought I saw something that they're accepting uh, already um yep. for next year so we'll we'll make sure we'll make you a, sure. a national speaker <laughs> by next year <laughs> i would be great yeah i would love that 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 yeah. that thrills me <laughs> yeah yeah it feels good it, i i did it um you know i did it during the pandemic like it's you did like, it yeah i did or i do well i did act this in 2019 it really felt good and then i did a hema and AAPC, the national conferences mm-hmm. last year virtually, but it didn't feel the same. Like, you know, when, when you're in person, it's so much. Yeah, more. I would think like a in person would be like better. You know, you get to see people, you get yeah. to, kind of, you know. To me, it's more fulfilling. Yeah. Yes, it feels more fulfilling. You get yeah, to dress yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the national conference for AAPC, I did it with somebody, like a co-speaker. And then mm-hmm. um, Jeff White, if he's listening. He last minute, I was going to go like this with a black t-shirt. Right. And then all of a sudden he comes in with a blazer and a, and a polo. I said, Oh my goodness. Cause I only had a shirt and pajama pants. And so <laughs> I read upstairs. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be, you know, up, you know, I'm not going to be done better than, than him. So I said, okay, let me put on a dress shirt and I'm going to put on a blazer. And I had like plaid pajama pants and I took a picture of it. Everybody was, was, was laughing at that, but um it, it didn't feel the same like you know when you when you do it virtually i mean i that's all i've been doing now is all I of mean, these virtual setups but i i think doing I, it in person is great i went to ahima i met um uh cynthia tang there you know took, oh, okay. took a picture mm-hmm. yeah uh cynthia tang i met uh dr z i don't know if you've met if yep. you know dr radio, z. interventional yeah, radiologist dr. Z, cynthia mm-hmm. tang. um who else uh but teacher uh, kimberly for Medicare boot camp, Kimberly uh, Ahoy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She's really an expert when it comes to Medicare rules and regulations. So, okay. um, what else as part of your future list? I know you mentioned you were uh, considering a credential C- CHC. Um, I'm considering that, you know, I'm still studying for that one. So I'm hoping to get a certification in healthcare compliance. Okay, good. Good. To go, go further with a compliance career, you know, okay. um, hoping to get, you know, um, at that, um, you know, more 
like a level of a director later, um, you know, when I'm ready. So. Very nice. All right. So the next question I have is, you know, I know we met like seven years ago. Right. And so we've discussed so much about your career up to the, up to this point, how would you compare yourself now to yourself seven years ago when you were a trainer for that software company? Um, I am, I think I've grown a lot, you know, completely, um, a different person when it comes to kind of having more of emotional maturity. You know, Mm. I, I think emotional intelligence is important when it comes to, you know, be growing up and being an adult and being a professional, right? Um, there comes a time in your life when you have a career and then you have people that kind of like, oh my God, this person, you know, with the type of work that we do, it, it, you know, we always, as I said, shoot the messenger type of thing. <laughs> so if you don't have that grounding and that mm-hmm. emotional maturity and mm-hmm. how to deal with people professionally, then, you know, you're not going to get, I mean, I think you're going to get further when you, when you develop that uh, personally. Um, I, I know little things that makes me happy, like a candle, yoga, you know, mm-hmm. those type of things like to, for your well-being. So if, you, if, you're, if you're good, then you're always pleasant at work and your, your energy is always positive. Then, you know, you, you just have more energy and, and, and you have just the right state of mind, you know, as opposed to to just not balance and, right. you know, stressed out. Because oh, a yeah. lot of things in our life, there's so many stressors, you know, lots of deadlines, you know, lots of uh, people to deal with, um, you know, your family, mm-hmm. you know, life. I mean, COVID, you know, it, the little things that you could do to internalize like happiness. Uh, and your well-being that helps I think a lot and that mm. makes me who I am today and how yeah. I deal with people um, you know like I'm hoping that when people meet me they feel good about themselves you know and, and talking to me so yeah I I, I I can totally relate is the the emotional um, maturity I think for me it's it's been like since since seven years ago up until now it's like okay I can let go of stuff that, that I don't need to necessarily do. Like I can shed things like, okay, if I don't, do I really need to do this? Do I need to really do that? Like, I, I know I've gotten to a point of, of knowing what burnout is. Correct. Yeah. I know what burnout is. And I think for new professionals, they haven't, uh, I don't know, to the extent of, of what they do as a coder, as a CDI, as an HIM person, what does burnout feel like in that industry? I felt that I felt that, yes. you know, with a full-time job, with the part-time uh, contracting position, doing podcasting, being asked to be part of a committee. And then I'm like, okay, you know, where do I, where do I fit all of this in? As you mentioned before, trying to juggle everything. And so there was a point now, like, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm trying to juggle all of this and it's making me agitated, then there's something that I need to remove out. Like what's Correct. the most Correct. For me, it's like, what's paying my bills? What's going to make, you know, what's going to pay the bills to put a roof over our heads, you know. Uh, Security for yeah, your children, yeah, right. Food on the table and clothes in the backs of myself and my children and my wife too. So, you know, those are the things that I have to consider. So I, I learned to just like, if they ask. Let it go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. let it go. Or even exactly. if people tell me, oh, could you do this? 
no, I'm sorry. I don't have yeah. the time, you know, maybe you, later on. You also on. have to know how to say no, you right. know, and say it in a good way and say, this is my boundary. You yep. can't just always accept, yes, 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 I can mm-hmm. do this, I can do this, or else you're going to just burn yourself down, you know, yeah. to the ground. That's right. I, I mean, I, I used to have like two jobs, two full-time jobs. Yeah. And that to me, I have a brain fog after. <laughs> Not like physical exhaustion, it's a brain fog because when you use your brain for work, you know, at, at the end of the day, you, you don't even know how to drive anymore, you know, That's like, right. or how, yeah, those, those things like dangerous, you know, when you use your brain so much for work. I mean, we're not getting any younger gets, anymore. Yeah, it gets fatigue, it gets <laughs> right? It, yes. it's, not, it's not like physical exhaustion where you clean up or things like that. It's called a brain fog. So you need to slow down and, and take time and say, okay, that's enough time to have family time. You yep, know? Yep. I tell my, um, cause my son, he's, he's in, he, he's doing uh football. He's uh, doing international baccalaureate, which is kind of like a higher level high school. And oh, so wow. he is his he's he has a full plate. So like, you know, from from like 630 when I drop him off till like a full 12 hours, you know, school, then football. Right. Yeah. Then he comes home and then he's like, yeah, then he goes to go to sleep. I said, well, where are you going to balance this all? How, or he stays up late doing homework. I just, you need to get good enough sleep. I said, I could handle that. I said, oh, you sure? So like, you know, I look at him, he's only like 16. I'm like, I, I think he could handle it. But then when he gets to my age, trying to handle that, like you say, the brain fog, like I, I, I can't think right. <laughs> We're not getting younger. I, I can't even watch a, a movie that is so analytic. And I said, can we just like a SpongeBob movie? Yep, that's right. you know? uh-huh. Because my brain is already tired thinking. I don't want to analyze no Inception movie or yep. something like that. <laughs> yeah, yep. I don't even I don't watch any I don't binge watch anymore. I can't I just I can't keep up with the story. Like it's like, it's too exhausting. It's not that I don't want to. It's just very ex- exhausting. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I told my wife, I said, Look, she asked me, do you want to watch, you know, let's say, for example, like the Jungle Cruise, like she got it on yeah. uh, Disney Plus. You want to watch yes, it with yes. me? And after I already did like, you know, how, how many pages of medical records? I'm like, ah, you know, I've read so many stories already. You know, I just don't need to add another story to to my to brain. To my brain. Yeah, it's like I don't I don't need that, and I'm already like going like this. <laughs> like I, I said, I just want to watch something that is so easy. It's yep, just like easy going. You know, I was like, you know, like just any things just, on the internet, like go, the daily like, you know, dose, from, the daily one, dose of internet. <laughs> yeah, just uh, it goes in one ear out the other. Like, ah, okay. I think that's funny. And then yeah. I'm just going to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I do. All right. So let's go to the last question. What best words of advice could you give to our audience? To um, anybody or to just... Uh, anybody. Uh, if you had to give advice to our audience, to whoever that may want to listen to it. Oh, okay. So my advice is to just keep working um, at things that you like to do, you know, with your life, you know, um, and, you know, have a plan um, in reaching that plan and goals on how to reach, you know, um, what you wanted to to do in your life and then keep at it. Uh, because sometimes you may think there's a lot of things that are challenging to begin with, right? Starting is challenging. Um, people may like not hear you or listen to you or what you have to say. And, you know, you, you, you don't know, um, you know, like these type of things, you know, can, can, 
um, have a toll in, in your self-confidence and things like that. But, you know, you just got to keep um, being patient, you know, learn and, and study because not everybody, you know, have the opportunity to, to learn and study. So there's lots of references and lots of books out there for our career that you can get and then learn from and take those certifications, you know, as soon as you can, because these are the things that like the companies look for. Um, and then when you're out there and you're being interviewed, just be yourself because, you know, if you're going to get the things that are for you, right? Like, things fall into place because it's for you. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you think, oh man, I didn't get this job, you know, mm -hmm. but it's usually a blessing, you know, yeah, not yeah, to yeah, get yeah. that a blessing job. Blessing in disguise. A blessing in disguise, right? It's yeah. kind of like, oh wow, it's not for me. So take it easy and say like, it's not for me. Let me keep at it and let me apply some more and, you know, you'll get there, you know, just, just, I always, you know, tell my son like, you know, just, <laughs> just be patient, go study, you know, if you like these type of things in your life, I always tell him you you gotta you gotta go to college. Mm -hmm. You you gotta study and you gotta take you know you you gotta have that um, all of that education, all of the experience, mentors. You know, keep connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Don't burn bridges. And then you know these connection like you that we have. You know, is gonna help you. You know. Um, later on uh with your career or whatever whatever it is it's just always connect with people you'll never know right so there you have it that completes my interview with janice amon janice thank you for being part of the podcast please check her out on linkedin also she mentioned she has a uh, webinar coming up with dr ronald hirsch on uh, september 23rd um, I'm still waiting for information on that, but I will place it in the uh, description in the video and also the show notes in the podcast. Medicalcodinggeek.com